big day today, Izzy, in terms of uh, football because the English Premier League is back after a break for the FA Cup on the weekend and we've got a full round of matches over the next couple of days. Yep, it's going to be big. Um, there's, what, the transfer window? How long we got left in that it before that cl- thing closes? closes, I think, Friday morning New Zealand time, about 11 o'clock. So, yeah, it's only a day and a half away. And there, there hasn't been a lot, a whole heap of business done, eh, by the big clubs. Yeah, okay. What about Manchester United are getting ready to finalise the acquisition of Jared Branthwaite before the transfer deadline expires on Thursday? And if it bolster their defence, can you see that happening from Everton, the twenty-one-year-old? I think, to be honest, it, it's going to be one that happens in in the off season. I don't think it'll happen before mm. the end of the week because for two reasons: United, I just don't think have enough uh, breathing room with uh, financial fair play, and two, Everton are battling relegation, and he's one of their best defenders. Mm. It could cost them a hell of a lot more than forty million if they go down. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So uh, yeah, it's been it's been interesting. You touched on it last week, like comparing it to previous years, the transfer window. Obviously, Chelsea with the new ownership bought plenty, but this one has been rather subpar. There hasn't been big movers. No, hasn't been. Uh, I mean, just this morning, there's been a couple of moves uh, where uh, Crystal Palace have bought a guy, uh, Adam Wharton, midfielder from um, Blackburn Rovers. And Middlesbrough have mm. bought a uh, uh, sorry Aston Villa have bought a, mid, a winger from Middlesbrough uh, for about sixteen million. But I mean those aren't big moves, but they're the biggest moves we've seen in the window so far. So maybe it should be called a non-transfer window. Um, yeah, non-transfer it's, window. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's quite it's good, mate. Knowing that all the money that gets thrown around in years, it just put a, a little bit of calmness on the EPL. It got pretty crazy there for a bit. Yeah, well, it'd be interesting to see what our next guest thinks about this because there has a story has just come out saying that in 2023, remember this transfer window opened at the beginning of 2024, right? But for 2023, it was a record-breaking year on international transfers. Around the globe, football clubs spent $7.6 billion on transfers in one calendar year, which is uh, bigger by about $2 billion than the next closest. That is... Unbelievable amounts of money. It's insane amounts Isn't of it? money. It's, it's insane. Seven point six billion dollars. Is that pounds? Yeah, that's pounds. That's pounds. That's uh, it's not even dollars. That's pounds. So what's that New Zealand New Zealand money? That's about the New Zealand peso. That's about twenty billion, probably or or seventeen billion. Anyway, somewhere around there. It's stupid money. Stupid money. Mm. But it has been all quiet. And Andy Murray joins us now from Four Four Two Magazine, and Andy. It's been a quiet transfer window thus far. Just lots of clearing the decks, players going out on loan options to buy, things like that, free transfers. Is this just the uh, the bigger clubs in the Premier League getting ready for a massive uh, off-season, do you think? Good morning. Uh, good morning. Um, I don't think so. I think this is the start of a trend we have seen um with Everton uh, and Nottingham Forest uh, falling foul of, uh, of FFP. Everton have been docked 10 points this season already for um, financial mismanagement, effectively. Um, and they have been hit with another um, uh, another potential fine, uh, along with Nottingham Forest as well. Obviously, Manchester City, there are the famous 115 um, uh Point problems that they have uh, that they have got from uh, from past uh, 
not adhering to financial fair play. So um, the, the Premier League is clearly growing some teeth with uh, looking to implement it, whether you agree with how they're implementing it uh, or not. You know, um, the clubs that aren't Manchester City would, would, uh, would tell you that, that they're not. Um, Aston Villa is supposedly struggling to make uh, to meet FFP uh, requirements, or will be in the summer, and they're going to have to sell a homegrown player to do so. So I think that this window is part of the uh, like a realignment, I suppose, of, uh, of Premier League clubs not being able to spend quite so freely as they have been in the past. Uh, La Liga have, have had uh, similar um, similar kind of. Uh, financial fair play uh, impositions imposed upon the clubs. We've all seen the problems that Barcelona have, uh, have had with this. So I think, uh, I think yeah, it's, um, you know, obviously clubs are going to be spending in the summer, um, but I do think that uh, the amounts will be, will be less than they have been in the, in the past 12 months. Mm, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what does happen in the summer because yeah, that uh, last last twelve month figure seven point six billion dollars around the world is is crazy money. Uh, we we do have a Premier League round back for midweek after a break for the FF uh, for the FA Cup, uh, the FFP Cup. Maybe that's it's not maybe not the worst idea uh, <laughs> for a Reno Mandy, but uh, your words, not mine. <laughs> uh, Nottingham Forest host Arsenal uh, is the is the first game that kicks off the morning New Zealand time in about 20 minutes and you've got to say this feels like a sort of game that could potentially be a banana skin the city grounds a little bit narrower I don't know if it plays into uh, into Arsenal's um, uh, the way they, they like to play um, and and of course all the pressure is on at the moment because of the way that Liverpool are playing how do you see Arsenal getting on at the moment yeah I, I, if I remember uh, rightly um, Forrest beat uh, Arsenal at the City Grounds uh, last season as well, so um, they clearly do use the the kind of you know the closeness of the of the atmosphere, if you like, it's a proper old school ground, um, the City Grounds, uh, to their advantage. Um, you know they've they've gone fairly well under uh, under Nuno Spirito Santo since he replaced Steve Cooper um, sort of just over a month ago um, or so. They've uh, they've won a couple of games since then, a bit of a new manager bounce. Um, they're still struggling with uh, who's playing goal um, uh, at the minute. Um, Matt Turner, former Arsenal goalkeeper, has sort of lost his place um, between the sticks. Um, and Arsenal, from an Arsenal perspective, they certainly need to win. As you say, Liverpool have uh, have performed better than most would probably have uh, expected in the absence of Mo Salah uh, this month. Uh, Wataru Endo, defensive midfielder for them, has also been good. He's also away with uh, with his country, Japan, at the Asian Cup. Um, so, yeah, Arsenal need to uh, need a win, basically. Um, you know, they, they're knocked out uh, of, the, of the FA Cup now, so it's very much focus, uh, focus on the, the league and the Champions League uh, now for... For them, um, they still lack a proper goal scorer. That's nothing new. Um, you know, they create so many chances. They play brilliant football, but they still don't have anyone to uh, to stick the ball in the back of the net, which is uh, which is a problem. Week for Liverpool, Liverpool fans. Um, this is Klopp's first EPL game since the big announcement. How do you think this will affect the squad? Virgil van Dijk has already suggested that his future is uncertain. Mo Salah has been linked to Saudi. It's been a huge week for Liverpool fans. 
It has indeed, yeah. The, the game against Norwich uh, in the FA Cup uh, was, uh, was a pretty emotional one um, for, the, for the fans. Um, you know, it, took, it took a matter of seconds for them to be chanting the Jurgen Klopp, chanting the, um, Jurgen Klopp song, and uh, you know, Klopp sort of responded uh, afterwards by saying, you know, that's a good thing, They're, the fans aren't listening to me already because he didn't want them to sing the song during, uh, during the game. Um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, it, it has been it has been an, you know an up and down week. I would say uh, the uh, the Van Dijk uh, the Van Dijk answer is your classic uh, football non-committal um, uh, answer. Um, I I mean you know he's going to be I think it's 33 by the time his contract's up um, in 18 months' uh, time. Uh, I would imagine that there is probably uh, a year's extension that could potentially go uh, go on to that. So I don't see I don't see that being too much of a of a problem um, in in any case. Salah, uh, there seems to be less money being spent by Saudi clubs, and also the kind of the reputation of the of the league there has taken a bit of a uh, a bit of a dip with uh, with Jordan Henderson coming back. There's a few others that are thinking about it too. Kareem Benzema among them. Um, so, um, so yeah, I look. It, it, losing Klopp is obviously a, a big, uh, a big blow. But if you replace him well, uh, Chabi Alonso, the, 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 the significant favourite, and his Bayer Leverkusen team are flying at the moment in the Bundesliga, um, then uh, I think you can keep, uh, you know, the core of that that squad um, on board. Um, you know, keep. Keep Trent Alexander-Arnold, for example. You know he's going to be your, your Liverpool captain for you know um, for, for the next decade or so once uh, once he graduates to that. So yeah, it's obviously there have been better weeks to be uh, to be a Liverpool fan, but you know they're still fighting on four fronts to uh, to, to pick up four trophies. Um, you know, and the squad is undoubtedly going to be playing for, for, for its manager to, you know, get in the trophies and the big trophies at that, you know, the Premier League that his time at, uh, at Liverpool undoubtedly deserves. Andy, uh, Newcastle are also in action today. They play Villa at Villa in the later kickoff. Um, is it too early to say this is must win for Eddie Howe in terms of getting this team back into Europe next season? A little bit, but look, they're going to have to start picking up points at uh, uh, at some some stage. You know, I get I get they've had um, significant uh, significant injuries this season uh, to go with uh, the the betting suspension for Sandro Tonali, uh, which wouldn't have been foreseen at the start of uh, the start of the season, or they claim to have not foreseen it anyway. I don't know what the truth is there with the with the South Macy Milan. Um, but anyway, um, they yeah they after a strong start to the season they are they are struggling. Um, you know, it's only kind of like one or two wins from from their their last ten or so. Um, so you know, I think you can almost uh, almost certainly write off uh, Champions League football for them next season. Um, and um, you know, even the even the Europa League or Europa Conference League, they're going to have to start picking up uh, picking up wins. Uh, there are rumours of uh, FFP issues for for them as well. Uh, Callum Wilson supposedly up for sale. Miguel Almiron was uh, as as well, but has uh, has kind of dug his heels in and says had said no, I don't want to go. Um, so um, so yeah, look, I don't think he's under I don't think he's under pressure yet. 
um, more so than than any the, the than any you know Premier League manager um, uh, would be. But uh, yeah, certainly if we're in, if we're in a similar situation um, within you know in a month's time or so, then uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily say I'd be worried if I was uh, Eddie Howe. I think he'll see out the season. Mm-hmm. But certainly, I think European football is would have been, would be the minimum requirement for uh, for the Saudi ownership, and they will look to take a decision on that uh, in the summer if uh, if it's uh, you know if there's no Europe. I mean, they're, they're going to be looking at Europa League minimum. I, I would have thought um, you know even even Europa Conference League may not be may not be enough. Andy. One of the biggest headlines of the weekend and lately has been Marcus Radsford for the Manchester United. He was available. He's going to be available for Thursday's clash with the Wolves, despite being spotted in the Belfast nightclub last week. We saw him miss training. What sort of message does this send uh, to for for an organisation that allows players like Marcus Rashford to be bigger than the team? Because I was reading Van Persie said. Back in the day, I think it was 2013, two players went out post a loss and Sir Alex Ferguson posted two pictures of them in the changing room, pretty much outing them. Yeah, it's, um, it's uh, the, the biggest problem for, with, with Rashford is it's not the first time this season with, um, that, mm. uh, that he's been um, in a nightclub. Um, uh, you know, I... I don't really, I don't really see too much of a problem with you know players need need to decompress however, however they do. I, I don't think he's he's a massive drinker, so the kind of, you know, the the alcohol and the recovery from from that isn't isn't necessarily too much of a problem. You know, it's the it's the precedent that it sets, and certainly certainly with the um uh with this with this latest episode is the you know. Rashford ringing the ringing the club to say, oh yeah, I'm not going to make it to to, to training because I'm ill. It, you know that that doesn't that doesn't really cut it. Um, mm. the, the the most interesting thing about uh, about this is uh, a Ten Hag sort of saying it's being dealt with uh, internally. Obviously, Rashford didn't play at the at the weekend, but at no stage has he, has he said um, as he did for the first time this season with the, with Rashford being in a nightclub um, is and uh, Rashford's apologised. And the kind of situation with Jaden Sancho has been earlier this season has been well he won't uh, you know he won't apologise to Ten Hag, so therefore until he does apologise he's not going to play for Manchester United anymore. So I'd sort of find the, I, I, the you know the, what has not been said almost uh, as as interesting as uh, what, what what was said by uh, Ten Hag in in relation to that this week. Um, you know, the fact that Rashford is not having a good season doesn't help um, with any of these uh, with any of these matters. But you know, he is that streaky kind of player anyway. Um, you know, uh, last season was comfortably the, the best of his career, but he has had other seasons before where he's struggled for form, fitness, uh, and so on. You know, it was he did have a sort of six months to a year or so outside of uh, Gareth Southgate's England squad, for example. Um, so. You know he he can be streaky and consistency over over seasons is uh, is his biggest weakness. You know the the talent is undoubtedly there. We all know that. Um, so hopefully this this second uh, example of this this season is a is a wake up call to him and he can knuckle mm. down because you know he's not he's not a bad guy 
uh, we've seen it with all of the kind of community work that uh, that he that he's done for you know hungry kids in the in the UK much more so than than the UK government has done. Um, that you know he he recognises the uh, you know the role model that uh, that he is, and um, hopefully uh, he'll learn from this and come back uh, you know stronger, better player, and um, uh, and get United into into the top four that they that they'll want as a as a minimum this season. Andy, we, we we talk about players being under pressure. We talk about managers being under pressure. There's one bloke who I've noticed who there's not much talk about pressure. Vincent Company, former Man City captain, is now taking his Burnley side tomorrow to Man City. Uh, Burnley very much entrenched in the relegation zone. No talk about him losing his job. Are you surprised about that? Um, I think, uh, look... Uh, the season that Burnley had last year in getting promoted out of the out of the championship is uh, obviously it provides him with serious um, uh, credit in the bank. Uh, you know the the Burnley the Burnley ownership um, has kind of said as much. You know that they were sort of had a sort of three to five year plan of of getting back into into the top flight, and this is kind of last season. Uh, it exceeded their their expectations more than you could possibly imagine. So, um, I can under I uh, I can see where where they're coming from, and I actually quite admire um, you know the attitude that they're taking it. Um, the kind of the way that Burnley played in the Championship, the sort of Man- Manchester City style, if you like, with the inverted fullbacks coming in to form kind of part, uh, auxiliary central midfielders, uh, the passing football that just hasn't been part of the you know the Burnley psyche, the Burnley philosophy uh, for you know decades really. Um, you're going back to like almost the 1960s when when they were winning um, you know first division titles. The glory days of, uh, of Burnley, if you like. Um, but the problem, the problem is that you don't get that in the Championship. So it's new, it's different, and they have the players to be able to do that because they have better players. They don't have that luxury in the Premier League, and that's their that's their biggest problem. You can see with um, uh, the season that Luton are having this uh, this term that kind of direct up and out and sort of style that that tends to do quite well in the Premier League because not many teams are used to having to face it. Um, so that point of difference is that was in Burnley's favour, if you like, last year with uh, their you know progressive free-flowing football is now against them this year because lots of teams try to play that like that and they do it with better players. Um, so I think part of that goes uh, goes with goes with company. He had such a great season last uh, last season. Um, that's that's to his credit as well. And I do admire the the stance they're taking. And hopefully it's kind of part of a part of a bigger a bigger project. You know, if they do go down, which is looking fairly likely at the minute, um, then you know they can rebuild again, come back up with you know better players more of a sense of uh what they can do to stay up next time and you know i do think they've been a little bit unlucky in some uh, some games that they're that they've played you know a little bit more steel at the back and um they may well have got more results than they have them uh, this season you know, they've conceded quite a few late goals so um so yeah we'll see how we go with that but i, I certainly wouldn't expect to see it, it, I think it would just be bizarre with the squad that company's got. If you get rid of him and then you bring in, you know, your classic Sam Allardyce to 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 then you know keep them up, um, you know that is a long way from happening, by the way. But you know, 
he's never going to be able to get the tune out of those players uh, to keep them up in the uh, up in up in the division as they are. So I think kind of keeping sticking with sticking by company is the is the best way forward. Sam, Sam Allardyce isn't going to be available, mate. He'll be coaching Liverpool, so don't worry about that. Uh, good stuff, Andy. Thanks <laughs> yeah, very much. Yeah, with his pint of wine. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Allardyce, just ch- ch- chuck a different name on the, on the CV and he's away. Uh, thanks for joining yeah, yeah, us, yeah, mate, yeah, and uh, enjoy the, uh, the Kent Senior Cup tonight that I know you're on the way to. Mate, I'm not going to make it. I'm just, I've been stuck in traffic on the M25 for the last hour and a half with an accident, so I'm barely going to make kickoff. I'm absolutely raging. <laughs> oh, well, I hope that eases for you, mate. Travel yeah, safe. Yeah. We'll talk again but, soon, mate, eh? Absolutely, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you saved me from just shouting at motorists. So, um, <laughs> yeah, <enjoy. laughs>